0: Clinker Factor, the Cement Industry Podcast. Welcome to The Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA which looks at the cement industry's response to climate change around the world and other topics of interest. I'm Ian Riley, CEO of WCA and your host on The Clinker Factor. Today I'm talking to Andreas Sickert, CEO and co-founder of the cleantech company Orcan Energy, who are a leading manufacturer of waste heat recovery solutions, a little bit different from the traditional waste heat recovery we find in the cement industry, and we'll get into that in a moment moment. Also uh, joining Andreas is Marcus Lintel, Head of Industry and New Business at Orcan. So uh, Andreas, uh, Marcus, uh, welcome. Andreas, if I could start with you, perhaps you could give a brief introduction of yourself and, and how you came to be working in this field and, and found Orcan Energy.
1: Hi Jan, uh, thanks for uh, the nice introduction and for the opportunity to join your pro- podcast. So my name is Andreas. I'm, I studied physics at a technical university in Munich and I also did my PhD there uh, and by doing that. We, we were looking for some technical innovation uh, that, that will help uh, to shape climate change and to contribute to that. And we looked into different potential innovations at the technical university and we found that there is a very interesting development going on how to build a very small scale ORC system. And we thought that this would be a great starting point for a company because we saw that looking a little bit into waste heat recovery, that there is a huge market out there, potentially the largest energy market, which is under untapped worldwide and it is untapped because there is no technology out there to really tap into the small scale waste heat sources which are the backbone of this huge market. This huge market consists of small and mid-scale sources. So that's that's where it all started and uh, where also my two co-founders Andreas Schuster and Richard Aumann uh, joined me starting the company and yeah it was an interesting ride from, from the beginning to where we are today.
0: Thank you, Andres. Marcus, perhaps you could also give us a brief introduction.
2: Of course. Uh, so thank you, Ian, also for having us here in your podcast. My name is Marcus Lentl. My background is a mechanical engineer. I studied at the Technical University here in Munich. From there, actually, I joined ORCAN directly, starting as a student, uh, making my way through ORCAN. As Andreas already said, it was a quite um, interesting uh, ch- uh, a journey over the last years. Within this, um, I moved more and more into the sales and realization department, um, in particular in the Industry sector, which um, as you might know, is one of the, the key segments of ORCAN, where uh, we identified uh, key customers like um, like BSF, but also EON and uh, and others in the cement industry, which you might know about. CEMEX and others, where we both yeah, sold the units and installed them and are operating them quite successfully and uh, are looking forward um, then also to the, to the next projects in, in those industries.
0: Okay, great. So we'll get into a little bit about the, the technology and how it's different from what we've already seen in the cement industry in a minute. But Andres, perhaps you could give us a, an introduction uh, to Orcan and uh, its history and what stage of development you're at.
1: Sure. So we started the company in 2008, shortly before the financial crisis broke out. So we stayed a little bit longer at the university to mature the technology platform. Then we moved out of the university in 2011 uh, and we entered into the biogas market because at that time there were more than 8,250 remote located engines uh, in the field here in Germany uh, that are producing with more than 50% of conversion efficiency waste heat, which was not tapped uh, or used at that time. So, we sold several tenths of units into the biogas market. And then we moved to industrial applications. Uh, we started also at that time to look into the in Asian market because it's, it is a booming market with a lot of development going on there in different market segments. And then in 2019-20, we focused back uh, on, on Europe. And uh, with a lot of momentum from the Asian market and the success we have achieved there, uh, we started in the geothermal market and, all, and other industry markets. Markets, such as metal uh, processing and also the cement industry. And parallel in, in doing that, we also took care that we always have uh, something a foot into the marine industry because, in the marine industry, where we are transporting our goods. From A to B, there is an engine behind each ship, each large ship uh, that is propelling it it forward. And this is also producing uh, a lot of waste heat. So reducing the fuel consumption there does also make a lot of sense from different angles. So that's basically where we are. We now have more than 600 units in the field, a lot of operating hours, a lot of different customers and different verticals in the industry. And we are now trying to scale up the business more and more each year in different areas in the world and uh, having not only a standardized product, but also offering full solutions for our customers.
0: So can you explain a little bit about the technology and, and what's different in your technology from the traditional uh, waste heat recovery and perhaps why that's relevant to the cement industry?
1: Sure. So initially I said that the majority of the waste heat sources that makes this huge market is of, let's say, a small and, and mid-size. So there are only a few sources that are 100 megawatt in waste heat source at a single spot. So the majority of the waste heat sources are in the single or lower two-digit megawatt scale. So that consequence that you need technology that is producing, let's say, 100 to 1 megawatt per unit. So you need smaller units. That's i think number one number two is we saw there was a race about uh, high uh, conversion efficiencies uh, but at the end of the day the products or the solutions got more and more expensive not in the same way the conversion efficiency has increased so the products got more and more non-economically viable at the end of the day and what we try to do is to not too much focus on conversion efficiency, but on capital efficiency to have a very economic, reasonable product at the end of the day. And I think it's very important to say it's a product. So take really the basis of, let's say, the ORC technology, but from the power plant scale and bring it down to the, as I said, 100 to 1 megawatt scale and having a simple product where everything is included. So we are currently selling a 20 and 40 feet food container where everything is included from recooling pumps, everything, power electronics that makes it very simple for a customer this building block if you may want to say does not only mean it's easy to install one but you can also install several at one side and this gives you flexibility these these modules and the modular solution gives you flexibility and i think that is what is key currently for the cement industry because if i'm talking to different players in the cement industry and our customers here what we hear is that there's, of course, a big pressure on to decarbonize the production processes, right? The cement industry would be, I think, CO2 emission country number three worldwide if it would be a country. So there's a high pressure to come down with the emissions. But it's 100% clear how this should be done at the end of the day, because it has to be done under high pressure on on the financial performance at each plant. The technology pathway is also 100% clear. The only thing that is clear, I think, is to really decarbonize a cement plant, you need also carbon capture and storage technology. But what kind of carbon capture and storage technology will make the race? Some of them will consequent that there will be more waste heat available at a cement plant and some of them need waste heat to function. That means there is less heat available. And you also have the ideas of having different fuels for the kiln. Some of them need drying or extra treatment, which also requires heat. And here in the northern part of, of Europe, we try to use the heat from the industry for heating purposes of course this is not perfectly synced in in line with the standstill the annual standstill of the cement plants but nevertheless maybe you can use some of the heat for uh, i don't know a thousand hours a year to sell it directly to the heating grids if available and applicable so i think there are many scenarios out there and with a modular solution, you can stay flexible, but at the same time, do and make a decision now, and you still stay flexible towards the different future scenarios, right? So I think that is the advantage that we can bring to our customers with a modular, with a simple product approach.
2: Adding this, of course, uh, the modular and flexibility um, is, I think, the key advantage, or is one of the key advantages. <laughs> Maybe to highlight as well, it's still, um, as you mentioned, it's a power plant. And we're having power plant technology in there, but at the end, it's also very easy and comparably easy to operate for example so there are no consumables so we don't need water or anything else uh, to operate it um, all the electricity we need we um, use directly from our generated electricity so there's only one cable for example to connect to the grid we have super low maintenance so only once a year one day per year just uh, almost nothing completely the, the operation is, is autonomous and uh, we, we react also on different load changes this, which makes it very easy also to handle in a very complex process industry or in a, in a big cement industry and uh, as mentioned from Andreas already I mean at the end uh, we are producing the entire power plant in a production site in our manufacturing site we test it and then deliver it to the customer which of course uh, reflects in, in a high quality standard so we are not building um, or engineering on site a power plant with all welding stuff and whatever um, we are doing this um, in, a, in a safe and secure environment in our manufacturing site so I think these are general advantages but which we see that reflect a lot in the customer's feedback as well um, that this is uh, definitely helpful and uh, necessary at the end to entry.
0: So, so what I'm I'm taking away from that is, first of all, that customers who are using your technology are, are buying a car, they're not building a house, which, of course, is much easier to do, right? Secondly, uh, is the whole flexibility question, the fact that it's modular and that you can scale it according to your needs. And then the third thing is that the, the whole business model is driven by consideration of, of economic feasibility rather than uh, absolute efficiency. And, and I think this is actually very consistent with the philosophy that the cement industry has had for the last 25 years because of the you know very high carbon intensity of the industry we have to look at the economics of everything you know we're not in a position as uh, maybe the software industry might be uh, being able to say okay well we can afford to spend money without a return uh, just because of the size of uh, of the emissions and so the the actions that have been taken in the industry with alternative fuels and waste heat recovery and uh, reducing clinker factor improving energy efficiency you know have all, all had to have a payback so i I think that's very consistent with the philosophy of the industry. You, you have a, a recent uh, example, I think, with uh, Titan Cement, of uh, a partnership that you've put together. And perhaps you can uh, talk a little bit about that to illustrate how your technology can be deployed in in the cement industry.
1: Yes, of course. So we we are not only OEM of products we are offering to the market. We started a few years ago to also offer solutions. That means we're taking care also for the installation part of it. Uh, That means the the heat exchanger that has to be integrated into the processes, not only in the cement industry, but also in the cement industry. And we're doing that together with experts in the field, EPC companies that have been working in the cement industry for decades. So we we are not, I think, arrogant and saying we know everything the best. No, we want to work together with the best to, to at the end of the day, deliver the best result for, for the customer. So we are general contractor. We developed to, to really offer the full solution, uh, having one face to the customer. And with Titan, we're going the next step. We really want to be a partner of our customers. That means we're looking together at the different heat sources in the cement industry, different sites, especially interesting for, for multi-site uh, customers. And uh, then we we are developing a concept how to best address that, different waste heat streams. And then we are also prepared to really operate the units and own the units so that the capex burden is with us and not with the client at the end of the day. And this uh, really uh, pays into this flexibility approach uh, and this offering that even if there is some, let's say, modification of the plant due to the fact that we can easily shift one unit from one place within a plant or between plants because it's always the same building block, the same unit, really can support our customer uh, here and and can make that happen. So without a, a big loss of money And and I think that also gives this extra element to flexibility, to de-risking, to making really a decision in a step into the right direction, even that uh, not everything towards the future is clear. And that will not be the case the next years, right? So yeah. we will not have everything on frame conditions clear. But with these kind of partnership models that we are now entertaining, is I think is a big uh, stepping stone forward.
0: So in these models, do you charge per kilowatt hour? Is that is that the sort of charging model, or is it uh, more complicated than that?
1: Well, that depends a little bit on different legislation. If you, if you do, let's say something like a lease or something like a per kilowatt hour model, uh, if there are extra fees, that depends really a little bit in which country you are. And of course, what kind of pricing and additional expectations our customer has. It is clear if you're shifting uncertainty from from the customer to the financial market with providing money for that, then the cost of capital is is going up. Of course, but if you can find the right balance here, then everyone can have a really nice business. Good advantage for all involved.
0: Right. So I know you're uh, involved in lots of applications other than cement, including transportation, which obviously is very important for cement. W- would you like to, uh, to talk a little bit about the other applications that you're applying your technology to?
1: Sure. I think Marcus can can tell you a little bit about, more about, uh, about different industry applications. Maybe I start with our two other verticals and segments. Uh, first, uh, the one is marine. We are equipping more and more ships with our waste uh, heat recovery technology. That is one of the technologies that can even today uh, reduce the fuel consumption of ships by capturing the waste heat the, of the main and auxiliary engines we're doing that from inland waterway ships to the big seagoing ships and that is going well and from uh, this years onwards you have also from the international marine organization a pressure to constantly decarbonize the ships that you are using it's also important for the supply chain um, for for different industries that these ships are becoming greener and greener I think we can help that and it is again with a payback. So everything that we do is profitable at the end of the day and is reducing the CO2 footprint. Then the third lack in our company is the power segment. That means we are tapping into the waste heat of traditional power assets, such as gensets or gas turbines, for example. If we look, for example, into the Middle East, we find a lot of cement plants that have on site generation. They're producing their own electricity that they're using by means of large engines or, or gas turbines. And this, of course, is also a good starting point for increasing the energy efficiency there because legislation and uh, regulation is moving towards um, high energy efficiency also in these kind of regions and this holds true uh, as i said from i would say alaska to southeast asia that uh, that more and more energy uh, should not be wasted but 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 used what we also consider as as an application in power is geothermal We have more and more projects where also this modular approach is beneficial for geothermal developers because uh, the drilling risk is significantly reduced if you have the ability to quickly react to uh, different uh, heat that's coming out of the ground. Uh, Also, the the risk of changing heat over the lifetime is reduced. And we also can upgrade existing plants, flash plants, for example, in the geothermal world uh, to to make them even more efficient. So these are the segments, power and marine next to industry, and Marcus, I think, is the best export here to tell you a few of, of the examples and projects he's working on in the industry field. <laughs> Thank you for the kind
2: words. Yeah, but the industries, basically where you find heat is uh, waste heat streams is typically in the energy intensive industries, as you can imagine. Of course, cement we highlighted already is one of them. But when we look, for example, in the glass industry, um, every glass furnace, either in container glass or float gas, you have before, after the filter or before and after the filter, um, some mixed house gases, which you can capture, which we capture already um, and, uh, and produced on some electricity out of it in the metal industry both in, in non ferrous metal like s- sink production for example with references but also in the steel industry you find um, i would say both gaseous and uh, and liquid sometimes even steam um, heat st- heat sources gases heat sources for example on a reheating furnace uh, where you have several hundred degrees C which you can capture or we can capture and produce some extra electricity with it but also we see a lot of cooling uh, processes so there are as of today they cool down actively some process streams or some equipment which has to deal with high temperature material and they invest actually electricity with some some air fans or air coolers to basically get rid of the heat so they pay money to get rid of the heat and uh, yeah we actually use this heat and produce electricity and also cool it down. And this is of course uh, a very nice business case here as well. We have some excess steam streams, um, for example, on the on the zinc um, industry. And yeah, then they're one of the biggest um, heat streams you, you find in all related to, I would say, pet- petrochemical and oil and gas industry it goes up and downstream. If you're looking in refineries, they have several times uh, the heat available on one plant compared to a cement plant. So we are talking here about 100 and more megawatt thermal, um, which are distributed in different cooling and uh, condensing circuits, which are. We are, we are already addressing and um, especially with our cooling applications they get very interested in this and uh, trying to
0: build up here I would say a similar customer base than for example in the cement industry Okay well thank you, no, that's uh, something that uh, perhaps in the cement industry when we think about waste heat power we don't think about all of those other opportunities uh, in, in the supply chain. So just looking forward a little bit, where, where do you see the challenges and, and opportunities in the next uh, couple of years and then maybe also you could tell me a little about where you see the uh, the business or the technology going uh, in a slightly longer time frame
1: I think we, we, we did quite okay in translating the the power plant technology into a product and make it easy as you as you said, buying a car just instead of building a house i like that example so we also did standardize the how we get the heat from the application into our system that is by means of a hot water circuit which is also the same design principles very easy to do of course the different length etc is customer to customer different but the design principles etc are all standardized i think the next step is how to get out the heat from the different customers processes this is currently something individual that is a heat exchanger which is is done individually and that it's made for this purpose i think there is a big opportunity to also bring standardization to this element to make it maybe modular to sometimes have a little bit over engineered oversized or etc but but also to apply our philosophy to it saying don't looking for let's say the best technical design but what is that is the design that makes the most sense from economical point of view so that it even gets more attractive and that it's getting more accepted in different areas, opening more areas and more business cases because the more uh, business cases, the more market here you can can really address with this technology and the more impact at the end of the day you can generate. And this again, with our approach means more volume in the supply chain is driving down the cost and this is a positive endorsement effect so to speak. And, and that's why I think if you ask me for the long term, I think waste heat recovery has to become but I I'm quite confident, will become a standard in in many, many industries. I think we cannot afford to really waste heat on this phenomenal large level that we are doing today, if we really mean it to stay within the 1.5 or 2 degrees goal from the Paris climate discussions. So I really think it has to be to become standard. And if you may allow me, we we tried to also generate some picture of that. If you would be able to capture only in the industry the waste heat and convert it into to CO2-free electricity on the cement. Then uh, if you would do that in the industry, uh, then you would save about 750 million tons of CO2 emissions per year. So that is really enormous. That means you would have to grow forests in, in the size of Germany. And if you only would uh, produce electricity from the waste heat in the cement industry, unused waste heat mm. in the cement industry, you could produce CO2-free electricity at low cost level for about... 40 million citizens here in the European Union. So it really can be a building block for a successful energy transition that's not, let's say, producing the dilemma of do we want to have more economic success or do we want to have more sustainability? In our perspective, it needs to be an, an end, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I think that's a, a very good point to wind up our discussion. Uh, I do uh, really like your philosophy of, of not allowing this to go to waste. I, I, too often I hear people talking about renewable electricity as if it's infinite and free. And of course, we all know that that's not the case. We really need to care about energy efficiency if we're going to be successful in, in reducing emissions. So Andreas and Marcus, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a very interesting discussion and I've learned a lot. So thank you.
1: Thank you for taking the time and for an interesting discussion. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Clinker Factor podcast today. If you've enjoyed it, do subscribe and please recommend us to friends and colleagues and anyone else who you think would be interested in what's happening in the cement and concrete industry around the world. WCA is a not-for-profit company. Please visit our website to see the services that we offer.